The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Columbia Academy, Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoyt with United Country Realty, the law office of David A. Bates, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yow. Yeah, that's right. I'm here. I'm Chris Yow. <laughs> and this is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Happy to be with you here on this Thursday edition of the show. Happier to be with you now than we were in the last segment because we are actually with you. Um, and I'm sure you guys missed the last segment, or at least most of you did. And if you did, that's okay, because we will have it available on the podcast. Uh, you can find our podcast tab on the website, sm-tnsports.com. Just hover over that podcast and, and click Prep Sports Today. That will take you to that first hour where we had Chris Pointer and plenty of high school news. If you miss any part of the second hour, it will also be available on the podcast as a uh, the SMTN Sports Today Hour 2 podcast. So, yeah, you're definitely going to want to to check those out if you missed that last segment, if you weren't listening to us on Facebook. Um, if you don't have Facebook, we are available on the website. So go to our website, and it is on the, the website. You can watch it there uh, with no issues, or at least... Hopefully. Hopefully no issues. <laughs> yesterday, the, yesterday the, the stream just stopped because apparently I had no more... Uh, memory, but I think we rectified that today, so we should be good. Should be good. The internet, and we don't have any wood to knock on because the desk has been moved. You can reach it. I, I can camp. reach it. Good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll knock on that wood. Uh, <laughs> Coach Mike, exactly. Um, some interesting news just came through, but we first want to tell you about our friends at Amigos Mexican Grill who sponsor our bracket challenge. Uh, Three great locations, Spring Hill, Lewisburg, Chapel Hill. Go see Noe, Ben, or Hugo at Amigos Mexican Grill for the best in Mexican cuisine, Mexican spirits, and more. They also have catering available for as little as $10 per person, so make sure to take advantage of that. Just give them a call or visit AmigosMexicanGrillSH.com. That takes care of all three locations, so even though it is SH and I guess that stands for Spring Hill. Uh, it's still going to take care of all three locations, and you can order online for all three locations at the website. Now, big news. Um, North Carolina, speaking of head coaching openings in the last segment, <laughs> the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill also looking for a new head basketball coach, as Roy Williams has Retired after 33 seasons at the at the head coaching level in Division One, both at Kansas and North Carolina, and I'm not sure if he 
coached anywhere else head coach. I think he was just the head coach at Kansas and North Carolina. That's so. it. That's, well, that's, it. A, that's, that's a heck of a career right that there. Ain't that ain't bad. That ain't bad. <laughs> 15 years at, at Kansas, 18 years at North Carolina. I mean, if you're only going to coach at two schools, I mean, do it right. Huh? <laughs> Is that what they call blue blood? Oh yeah, yeah that's a, that's about all, as all blue. shades all shades of blue. That covers all <laughs> of them. Yeah, that's that's about as blue as it gets. Third all time in Division One head coaching men's basketball victories with nine hundred and three. Yeah. Um, two thousand seven inductee to the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. Um, I mean he, and it says a lot for him that he was the guy that followed. Larry Brown at Kansas and Dean Smith. No, he did not follow Dean not Smith in North Carolina. Smith. That's right. That he, was, they uh, they kind of wandered Gordy. in. Yeah. None. Bill Guthridge. Was the, there before? Before Doherty, I believe. Oh, I was talking about he, he followed Doherty. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. So um, let, me, let me not say that because I, I know a lot of North Carolina fans would probably like to forget the Guthridge-Doherty years, but they did actually exist. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, Obviously, again, 903 career victories. And according to the North Carolina release, reached 900 wins in fewer games and fewer seasons than any other coach in NCAA history. So that's that's pretty strong. Second winningest, second winningest coach in North Carolina history, third winningest in Kansas history, only coach with 400 wins at two different schools, so that's a that, that's a that's an impressive stat right there. And I mean, Roy Williams is kind of. I mean, he he is coaching royalty in NCAA hoops. I mean, he's kind of the guy. And when um, you are coaching royalty at North Carolina, then that's uh, that. He was, well there as an, all. he was an assistant under Smith, who mm-hmm. was, right, mm-hmm. before going to Kansas. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nine, yeah. nine Final Four appearances between Carolina and Kansas. Um, won three national titles at North Carolina. Um, when, when you just kind of look at the entirety of his coaching career, it's it's kind of mind-boggling. And and I think part of that is because so much of it happened, you know, 10 years or so ago. I mean, they they won NCAA titles in 05, 09, and then 17. So just one national championship in the last 10 years. Uh, just one. I'm being facetious there, but still. Yeah, I mean. For Carolina, though, I mean, there, there's kind of that, that, Feeling just one. Well, you know, and I, ha- I struggle with that because of what Alabama has done, right? Football wise, football mean? wise, mm-hmm. I struggle with that because I feel like, and there are three hundred and twenty plus Division One basketball schools. Mm-hmm. Okay, you only need seven to eight players to be really competitive at college basketball, and because of that. And because of the the world that we live in, the ease of information, the ability to see a Gonzaga on 
television or streaming or, or, or streaming else. or whatever. I think basketball is more competitive as a whole than football. And so you don't have North Carolina as the only team on ABC on Saturday morning mm. or whatever. Does that make sense? Yes. It absolutely makes yeah. sense. And I also think that with the one and done component, I think a lot of programs, I think a lot of coaches get kind of caught betwixt and between looking at you, John Calipari. Um, you know, do we do we build a program or do we build a team? And I think you almost have to do one, one or the other. Or the other. Mm-hmm. And boy, it sure is easier to build a program, though, isn't it? Well, not you, really. Because uh, <laughs> once you get that player, you get that set of players that will build your program and then they take off their sophomore year and, and go pro. Or they now, even with the transfer portal, they don't want to wait till they're. Well, you, know, you almost they ha- earn their stripes in, and you, they go someplace that they can jump in immediately. You almost have to make a decision, though. We are not going to recruit the best players, right? Yes. We're going to recruit the ESPN one hundred to one to two fifties, mm-hmm. not the top fifty, because those are going to be your guys one that are going to be one done. and done. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, even and and there are coaches that will tell you, I'd rather have a kid one year. That, that that that's gonna be that type player, than than not. But I mean, you know, do you do you think Rick Barnes would rather have Jaden Springer back, or or would you rather have not had him at all, or what? You know, how does that? And I think that's the that's the thing is your starting point guard is now gone. You got to yeah. recruit another starting no, point guard. Well, <laughs> hello, Kennedy Chandler. I understand that, but. You do that every year, you're not going to get a exactly Jaden Springer, Kennedy Chandler every, every single year. year. Yeah. You're not. Yeah. So and, and so and I think that's let me go get a serviceable point guard that I can have for four years that you can win with that I can win with. Than me having to to break my back to go get a new guy every to get four Jaden Springers. It's a lot easier to recruit four players. Than it is to recruit nine players because you got three or four of them going somewhere else. Because, it, like you said, the transfer portal that that forces you to recruit five or six players a year. Although you have a new recruiting ground in the transfer portal, you right. can go get some folks out of there. But, but you, still, you know, now you have to almost act like an airline where you you sell more tickets <laughs> than you, you have seats, seats knowing right. that sooner or later one of them's going to pat you know one of them's going to go on. And stuff. It's just and now and, it's and if you are that seventh, eighth, ninth guy at North Carolina, there's a lot of other places you could play. Oh, there's no oh. doubt. So, yeah, I, it's interesting, and I wonder if you know pushing that boulder up the hill at the age of seventy with three national championships under your belt just got to be more than was palatable. For Roy Williams. Yep. And I think it was. And again, I mean, is nothing what more can, can Roy Williams do? What's he got to prove? <laughs> well, it depends. If you if you're a North <laughs> Carolina fan, 
I we, guess. We, we ain't won a championship since 2017, dude. What's up? What have you done oh, for me yeah, lately? It's only been yeah. four years. Yeah. Gosh. Well, hey. I d- <laughs> Hey, you've you've gone through a whole a whole class, a whole, you, know, you know, and not, <laughs> yeah. So uh, considering the fact though that that whole class has already come and gone three times, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the thing. I just, but I mean, uh, and again, as Nolan Richardson once said, you know, the thing about when you create the monster, you have to feed it, mm-hmm. and. Roy Williams didn't necessarily create the monster. He he may have, you know, he revived said, he, he, the monster. He revived it and, and fed it for a minute. Yeah. But you, you can't just feed it for a minute or else it'll eat you. And, you know, it, I just think it's an interesting dynamic college basketball at its highest level right now because I, I think a lot of coaches, I mean, you see Gonzaga and Mark Few – you know, in the final four, and they don't have the one and dones. They they have built a program. Um, you know, same thing with Baylor. But I I think I would almost have to think that there has to be a conscious decision that you know, one through twenty in any given year, we're not messing with that. You know, 20 through 50 in any given year, like you said, we're not messing with that because those are going to be your one-and-done guys. Mm-hmm. Or we're going to go all in Look, on one-and-dones and hope that we can turn it into a national championship run. I can understand going after one of those guys. You know, you sign one and give me the rest of my class mm-hmm. 50 to 200. That all day. That's going to be around. That's going to stick around. And you almost have to get two to kind of balance, keep the defense from coming, coming to that down one. on him. Yeah. Well, I mean, but if you've but, got, but, you, but if, you, you know, if you're two, building a program, big, with two big guns and three role players, you could probably be competitive and stuff like that because you could, you know, you could balance things out a little bit. But uh, one, I don't think that's defenses the, are getting strong enough now that they can. I don't think that's the case. What what I'm saying is. I, I, if you've if you've built a program, then, then you can go get then, one one and yeah. done guy, and you and you're not going to have just role players. You're going to have guys who have been in your program who are very good basketball players. Who, when you got to play ISO, and you can give it to your one guy, you can. But those other four are still going to be very good basketball players. They're just going to have been in your program long enough that they understand the program and and what it means and that sort of thing. And then, of course, when you're talking about one-and-dones in a COVID season, what are you going to do? You end up like John Calipari when you couldn't practice When you couldn't practice over the summer and you, you – know, yeah. Couldn't gel as a team. So, I mean, that's not going to happen very often, if not once in a generation. We hope. But <laughs> anyway. As, as Jody says, I'll make you a basketball mask for next season and different things like that. No, you thank know, you. It's like – Jeez. No, thank you. That's that's a depressing thought. No, thank you. That we're still going to need basket that masks come basketball season, but you know, April third, Final Four, Indianapolis, in Lucas Oil. It will be Gonzaga, the one seed overall, taking on UCLA. 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 I think it's UCLA. UCLA. <laughs> well, it is a capital U, little C, little L, little A. If you look at their logo, yeah. Um, not just an 11 seed, 
First four. But a play in, uh, yeah, a first four 11 seed. First four 11 seed, UCLA taking on number one overall Gonzaga. Baylor, number one seed, taking on Houston, number two seed out of the Midwest. And this will be Houston's first game against a non-double-digit seed. And they will they will take part on Saturday in the Final Four, and then the championship game will be on Monday night. So, Gonzaga and UCLA playing for West Coast supremacy, I guess. I guess, and then Texas is up for grabs in Baylor-Houston. There you go. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it's Teresa Phillips. Uh, we're going to keep talking some NCAA hoops and some other uh, parts of that, mm-hmm. men's and women's and inequality and whatnot. So stick around. She's on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline when we come back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bond and Joint. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. Covering the teams you care about, it's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Once again, with Mo, here's Chris. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Colton Cole. Colton Cole needs to be quiet on Facebook telling folks (laughs) the secret. (laughs) Colton Cole, um, the, the husband of Hannah Cole. Colton and and assistant softball coach at Columbia Central. I mean, what? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You remember what you said about Chris Beard not having to leave Lubbock? He just left. He just took the Texas job. He just took the Texas job. Uh, wow! <laughs> wow! Bad takes exposed. Ooh, old takes, but yes, yeah, that won't both. <laughs> wow, man. Stay in the state, and that's something. I never would have thought Texas would hire Texas a guy Texas from coach. Texas Tech. Yeah, that's uh, that's a, man. Whew. All right, Chris Beard to Texas. Anyway, thought that was wild. I just <laughs> wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. No, no, I wasn't either. <laughs> oh, welcome back into the show. Twenty five minutes past the hour here, and it's uh, the second hour of the show. As we get ready for opening day in baseball and much more. We were talking NCAA hoops in the last segment. I want to continue doing that on a sort of a different pathway, though. Uh, as we bring in on the Parks Motor Sales hotline, we have former Tennessee State Athletics Director, uh, Teresa Phillips, joining us for the second time. Last time it was to talk 
Neon Dion Primetime Sanders. Uh, Has she not been back with us since then? She's not been back. And we need to it's been way too long. I agree. Welcome into the show, Teresa. Thanks for joining us. Hey, how are you guys doing this morning? We're, we're doing great, Coach. Um, appreciate you taking some time with us this morning. Um, you know, as the NCAA tournaments on both the men's and women's side wind down, um, mm-hmm. wanted, wanted to bring you in because obviously there's been a, a firestorm in terms of the the gender inequalities that have come to light during this tournament season. And it's the thing, I, I say come to light because it's not like it's anything new. But um, yeah. as, as a former AD and as a former member of the Women's Basketball Tournament Selection Committee, you know, I, I know you've seen some things. Um, yeah. Do you hear anything that really surprised you through all of this over the last couple of weeks? <laughs> hey, well, you know, you kind of already prefaced the conversation by saying this shouldn't be probably hidden anything that completely surprised most people. I'm going to tell you what surprised me the most, Maurice, was the response by um the uh, vice president of women's basketball and the president of men and women's basketball, how they responded uh, when this first came to light, when there's some exposure about the differential with the weight room equipment. And I mean, I just think they, they failed right away in their response. And, you know, I I know, know both of uh, those individuals, I'm going to name their names, uh, but um, they, uh, you know, they got a big fat zero in how they responded uh, uh, to the situation. And I think that's the biggest, the biggest thing that I was shocked by, you know, um, you know, you really can't, you got to at least admit incompetence or negligence, one or the other. And I guess that's a hard pill for them to swallow, but it had to be one or the other, um, even with their response acting as if maybe they didn't know um, the disparity, they weren't aware of uh, of this and making excuses about space or, and or um, that they had uh, put some of the information in, in the uh, team handbooks uh, for the women and they sh- maybe kind of should have known that you weren't going to have a weight room until the Sweet 16. So it just went on and on. And I just think, uh, uh, you know, when you have a crisis, um, they got a zero on crisis management. <laughs> And and like you said, sometimes the best thing you can do is just say, "Hey, we screwed up." Mm-hmm. We we screwed up. Um, we got We we're going to correct this uh, immediately, and then we're going to look in, into making changes so that uh, this something like this won't happen again. It, it's unbelievable, really, having spent five years on the women's basketball committee that the NCAA. And um, uh, uh, made this mistake. Um, these weren't huge things, and so it's kind of unbelievable that that um, in one uh, part of the country, the men were uh, getting one level and certain uh, levels of treatment, and and then another uh, uh, point. And I think we can, you know, know that COVID and the pandemic things were challenging this past year. So you always want to give folks a. a you know, a little bit of understanding that this was not a normal year, but um, I think the exposure of these things happening uh, just shows that some of this has been happening because you really can't 
uh, blame a lot of that on on uh, the pandemic and the difficulties of, of communications and stuff. They're all in the same office up there, and they have a whole lot of really professional people that work hard to put on uh, these tournaments, and they really they, – they almost are – anal and how they really check off every single thing that they do. And uh, if I hadn't been there for five years watching it, I would say, well, maybe, you know, this could have been overlooked and some lower level person missed it on it. And no, it's just kind of how it is. And I think because both both sets of tournaments were in the bubble, it made it very easy to see those comparisons. Coach, uh, we're speaking on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with – former Tennessee State Athletics Director Teresa Phillips. And, Coach, I just wanted to ask you, um, particular, what jumped out at me in all of the disparities, I guess, mm-hmm. were something as simple as a swag bag? Right. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was in each of the swag bags and just the number of items and different things like that? Something that – feels so simple to me you know grab three t-shirts and put them in the guys grab three t-shirts and put them in the ladies you know and and, and everything else why couldn't you just go item for item except you know where genders might dictate different items but still different yeah something slightly different that's not really hard you know we all had children and you know uh whether (laughs) easter bonnie baskets or whatever kind of like okay if i just put two packs of gum over here and, and this child and two over here. You know they're going to compare. That's the funny part. You know, these men and women are friends. Some of the schools had both schools. Baylor had both teams. So-and-so had both teams in it. UT had both teams in it. They talk to each other. They're close. They're, you know, with technology, you're not going to, you know, get away with this. So I just think it was just completely overlooked. Um, and some people say, well, you know, maybe, uh, well, you know, if we have a contract with Nike or Under Armour or Lever uh, soap products. We're going to tell them how many bars of soap we want. And we're going to send half of them to the women and half of them to the men. That's not difficult, especially when you're working out of the same office in Indianapolis. That was just a myth. And, I, you know, I, I think they're going to have to dig out. How did we miss by this much on these simple um, but very noticeable, and, and when you're 18 to 22 and you don't get paid to do all of this, those <laughs> things do matter. I, I want the same amount of T-shirts yeah. and this special watch from Fossil or whatever, if that's what you know. my counterpart, who I'm going to be back on campus with next week, if he got that, you know, it would be nice. I want a watch, too, you know, and, and because we're not paying them, and that's a whole other conversation. But we're, and, so- and we're not paying, we're not paying them, <laughs> and we're asking them, in the case of the final four teams to be off campus in a hotel for three weeks. Yeah. Going on a month almost, you know, not getting to go anywhere, not getting to enjoy a little bit of the city, which normally they do. You know, there are events that are set and you get a little bit of a, of a break and some exposure. Well, because of of the circumstances, they're really kind of on lockdown. And I've been talking to the women who are there on the committee and, like they said, this is really a job this time because of, you know, keeping everybody safe. So, I mean, these are the only things they're going to be getting out of it, except for obviously the pleasure of playing in, you know, in March Madness and making it to the Elite Eight or Sweet 16 well, or whatever. Hold, hold, hold up, Coach. Hold up, Coach. It's only March Madness for the men. 
that's another one. <laughs> <laughs> Knew that was coming. That's another one. That's, that's another slap. And in, another in, in one. The face of the women, yeah. So the NCAA's mission says, you know, they're trying to integrate intercollegiate athletics and their higher education so that the educational experience of the student athlete is paramount. I'm paraphrasing that. So <laughs> you're pretty close I guess for the male student athlete that their experience is, is paramount. So you know. it, I want to I want to bring this up, Coach, because I, I brought it up on the show um, before. Because right after this whole ordeal happened, and they made it right. They they got they got a new. <laughs> They got a new weight room and set it up for the for the women and congratulations for all of that. But in Division Two, it was the same issue. It just didn't get the publicity. So guess what didn't happen? <laughs> the Division Two women didn't get a better arena. They didn't get it corrected. They played, they played in a hotel lobby. Basically. Wow. Just just like the NBA bubble. I mean, they played yeah. in, in what was essentially a hotel lobby in their Elite Eight and finals, mm-hmm. and yet the, yeah. men, the men were in a, an arena. So this is not something that the NCAA has really figured out yet. All they did was try to correct a PR nightmare, not correct the root issue. And and as you all probably know, um, the, the DPs and, and basketball, all of the divisions are under the same umbrella mm-hmm. so these same people who made the era are just you know kind of failed the women uh, on the division one level that they were the same people who failed them on the division two level that's correct you know? so um it it's it, they just really can't get around and i, I think uh, the wbca that's the women's basketball coaches association they are trying to demand uh, our president of the NCAA, Mark Emmert, to not just have an external uh, look with some law firm to look at it, but to also have um, uh, another committee made up of coaches and ADs and other people who have a little bit more information going into it to actually examine this issue. And um, and they're not, I don't think they're going to get off the hook on this one. Uh, Thank God for technology. You know, we're going through a very difficult uh, look on TV right now with the George Floyd um, uh, trial. And again, technology really opens up the eyes of the world about some of the situations and circumstances that, you know, many of us just really are not aware of because we're not living in in that space. Coach, when you see a Dawn Staley or a Nell Fortner or some of the folks who are involved in the women's basketball game come out so strongly against the NCAA on this issue. Uh, does that, does that surprise you to see? Does that encourage you to see, um, you know, because they are right there literally on the firing line. They are. Um, Don doesn't surprise me because Don. Uh, just a bold, courageous woman, and um, and and it helps when you've been successful. You can be a little bolder and a little bit more courageous. Uh, but of uh, several other uh, top women coaches, Nell, I'm very, very excited and proud to see her make her statement. And you know, um, whether we always all agree about it, it was very critical, I think, for women who had positions uh, to step up 
and step out and say something. And so uh, their words were strong. And the NCAA, um, I think, is in a little, little, uh, I wouldn't say trouble, but I think they're about to go through some challenging times. I think the student athletes are challenging them uh, with, uh, with their name-like image. Uh, you know, there's a pretty big case in front of the NCAA right now in which, I mean, in front of the Supreme Court right now, that the NCAA is getting challenged about their, you know, archaic ideas about amateurism and, and all of that. And so I think a revolution is about to happen, guys. <laughs> you all are going to have a lot of good talking points over this next couple of years because I don't think the NCAA as we see it today will be the NCAA quite that you'll be seeing uh, moving forward in the next year or two. I, I, I think they're going to have to really make, they're going to be made to make some major changes. Mm-hmm. Coach, um, I wanted, before we got, let you go, but when we get to this break that we've got coming up, there was a question I wanted to ask you, and I'm not sure. Well, you can talk about it because you're no longer employed by TSU. My bad. Um, what what did you what did you think of Hersey Miller's commitment to um to Brian Collins and the men's basketball program? Oh man, that was I mean that that was big. That that was big. I think um very excited. You know, Penny, uh, Brian, and I talked. We talk often, as a matter of fact, and, you know, this transfer portal is just kicking everybody's butt. And, you know, sometimes when you're just a fan of one school and you see that three or four of your players are transferring, you like, oh, get rid of the call. What's going on over there? They got a lot. No, it was, it's been a pandemic. It's COVID and all these kids, you know, they're just going, one of them are set of going down 24 East and the other one's coming up 24 West. Everybody's just transferring. And so in the midst of that, Coaches are really being challenged to really step out and and really not know what their roster is going to look like. And because of some of that transfer portal stuff, Penny, I'm just kind of telling Penny's story for him, but it made him stretch out a little bit and really go for, you know, <laughs> recruiting this young man. And, I mean, it's a blessing in disguise that kind of the fear of the transfer portal and the loss of possible players made him say, hey, I got to go out here and find players, you know, maybe kind of above my pedigree, but, you know, it gave them a lot of, uh, um, you know, push to do that. And, hey, I, I think it's just going to maybe uh, be a, a little bit of more of a trend that some really, really top three, four, and five-star, maybe five-star might be stretching the kids will really consider HBCUs or smaller schools where they can be a big fish in a small pond and that kind of thing. And so, turn right around and got another really good recruit alpha of it so the publicity doesn't hurt man when you're in recruiting yeah the, the public and that's what we talked about with with Dion. i mean they haven't even gotten their uh their their class in yet and they're already getting huge numbers off of well, yeah. you know television and and that sort of thing they're winning that's also a big help i'm sure uh so mm-hmm. it's 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 all about having that uh that publicity, any free publicity is, is pretty good as long as you're not yeah. East Tennessee State. Unless you're East Tennessee State. Oh, this late. Oh, well, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Uh-oh. laughs> well, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah that, that's exciting for him and, and, and other um, teams and coaches and schools who are kind of getting uh, those a uh, little, bit, little, little bit above them recruits that they normally wouldn't have been given. I just think uh, it, it's going to be fun to, to see 
that happen and stretch out some of this talent, you know, where they're not all at, at the Power Five schools I, or yep. I mid major. And we're getting them. We're getting a lot of kids back into the HBCUs, which is a positive in the world of all sports. Because you, you know, when you're talking about getting these big time kids into FCS, HBCU, or lower tier Division One for basketball and that sort of thing, it's it really makes the sport better as a whole for the NCAA, much less for. Uh, those conferences like the SWAC and the MEAC. So. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think one of the things that, and, and you know, I'm, I'm retired and I don't have to uh, bide my mouth, uh, you know, hopefully these schools too will understand that they got to kind of raise up the bar with their facilities. And I think Dion, I mean, Dion, you know, he doesn't hold his mouth either. He is hired. I mean, he does have a job, but, you know, you, you can't, get this kind of higher caliber and more uh, visible type student-athletes to come play for you, and you kind of throw them out there with the same facility. You got to, you know, you got to improve and, and do things to uh, present resource uh, resources to athletics so that, you know, they can, uh, on both sides, because I don't, I don't care who you are, you want to have uh, great weight training, you want to have great facilities and those kind of things. You want to have a great nutritional plan for yourself if you're trying to be a top athlete. So exciting. And uh, for for every level, really, really excited. But uh, also excited about all of the years that we will have to discuss the, <laughs> the NCAA and their their quest for equality across the board for men and women's sports. Um, yeah. Therese Phillips, former athletics director at Tennessee State and former women's basketball coach, right? Hey, yeah. Well, yeah. and former yeah. men's, men's basketball, basketball coach. coach. Yeah. For, yeah I was about <laughs> to say. Oh, she, my God. <laughs> well, <laughs> we talked about that last time. So, Coach, thanks for joining us here. Uh, we appreciate your time this morning. Okay. Thank you, guys. Have a great one. Thanks, Coach. All right. That's Teresa Phillips on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. And it's time to take our final break of the day as we get ready to – Talk a little Atlanta Braves as about uh, an hour ago they released their starting lineup for opening day, and we will give you that and more on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stick around. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Covering the teams you care about, it's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Once again, with Mo, here's Chris. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. It is opening day once yeah. again. The highlight of the year. Best holiday there is, period. Opening day of a 162-game schedule. With the second homestand in Atlanta will have 50% capacity. Second homestand. The second homestand, that's correct. Which you will be able to hear 
on our sister station, WKRM 103.7, beginning at, well, the game is at 2.05 today. Yeah, we'll be, we'll be picking up the broadcast at 2 o'clock today. Okay, so no pregame? Uh, not this time. Okay. We, we normally will, but uh, with the programming situations we've got here and the and stuff like that, this time we, we're coming in at 2 o'clock. We'll be in in time for the first pitch. There you go. That's what matters. Yeah, it is. Get the first pitch in. So that second homestand where they'll be at 50% capacity, that starts on – it starts on the second night. The 23rd? It's a little dark in here. But it's the, it's a three-game <laughs> series with Arizona and a four-game series with the Cubs that that will be in place. So – I will be in town on June 20th, I believe. Look at you. For Father's Day. And it will be on Father's Day, Mm -hmm. as a matter of fact. The Blue Bats. Super pumped about it. Yeah. Um, That's going to be a lot of fun. That'll be cool. I'm I'm excited about this season because I really believe that this Atlanta Braves team, over 162 games, will certainly be among the top teams in the major leagues. Here's what I'm hoping. Mm-hmm. And you're going to think I'm crazy for this. I don't want to win the division. I don't want to win the division. Just feels like every time we win the division, we just somehow flame out. Let's try it as a wild card once. Just one time. Go ahead and let's get the Dodgers in the first round. Get them out of the way. <laughs> a lot less pressure. We only got to win three games, which means Ian Anderson. Max Freed, Mike Soroka, Charlie Morton, they all get a shot. They're only going to win three of them instead of, instead of four. Looking at Mo's face, I'm not so sure he, he shares that. Uh. No, no. If there's some, I, I'm if wanna, the NLCS had been a five-game series last year, we would have been in the World Series. That's all I'm saying. I, I'm just one of those guys that if there's something out there to be won, I want to win it. So I understand. I'm just but, saying, but, and, and I understand your point. Some <laughs> sometimes, sometimes to win a war, you have to lose a battle. Hey, and here, I here, get that. Here's an idea. Let's mix it up. Stop winning divisions. <laughs> Try something new. <laughs> you, that, so, so what? What Come you're on. saying? What Let's you're go. saying is that when when we don't win the division, you've already set that up. You know, there's there's a method to our madness. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. This is why. As as Pee Wee Herman would say, I meant uh, to do that. I meant to do that. Yeah. So hmm. uh, it's a bold strategy, Cotton. <laughs> Let's see how it works. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I mean, obviously I want to win the NL East, but you know, it is the toughest division in all of baseball at this point. And I mean, if you don't believe it, just ask the Mets and the Phillies because they'll tell you. <laughs> they certainly believe they're the best teams in the division. Mm. Despite the two-time defending champions still having the vast majority of their lineup. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what changed, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I I, I just yeah. I, I just have this. But in every baseball team, hope springs eternal. Well, sure. I mean, yeah, and, you've, got to, you've got to come out saying, we've got it this year. Well, we're, some, we're ready. Or sometimes, got it. sometimes it's better to just say nothing. Say less, <laughs> you know. I mean, again, the two-time defending division champion resides – in North Atlanta, I mean, just go play. That's, play and see what happens. I mean, rather than tell, don't don't talk about it, be about it. 
maybe that's the message that the Mets ought to get in particular. Because I saw a tweet from Brandon Nemo. But then where did the Who? talking heads get their jobs? Well, well, I mean, the talking heads are going to do what they do. I'm just saying, as a team, maybe you don't buy into the talking heads so much. I mean, it, it's it's all going to be proven on the field eventually anyway, and the Mets are going to met. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, they just signed Francisco Lindor to a 10-year deal. 10-year, $341 million. Sure. How sounds, old is he? Sounds good to me. He, that that gets him to uh, thirty nine, I believe. Oh, good lord! Still better than Bonilla. I mean, uh, it just seemed like hey, hey, <laughs> hey, I, hey, I, hey. I ain't mad at Bonilla at all. <laughs> no, or his I, agent. I, I meant, I meant the Mets. Oh, yeah. Still a better deal than Bonilla. <laughs> I, I just think that <laughs> wouldn't Albert Pujols be the cautionary tale for? Signing guys at that age to that lengthy a contract for that much money? Not really in this situation. You're talking about a first baseman versus a shortstop. Shortstops tend to be a little bit more longevity um, than first baseman, especially big bulky guys like like Pujols. Uh, I, I think I, I just feel like a shortstop moves around more, and at some point that mobility aspect is going to be – Impacted by age, maybe? Probably. So, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, again, it's a bold strategy. Let's see if it pays off. Um, we got to get Coach Mike on page one of that uh, cart walk because that's where bold strategy sits. Oh, is it? Does it sit? <laughs> we, we got that? Yeah. It's okay. On, oh, okay. Page yeah. one, top right corner. <laughs> it's, it's over there. Um, right. In right field today. Hmm. Surprise, batting, surprise. Batting leadoff, Ronald Acuna Jr. Batting second, playing shortstop, the switch hitter, Ozzie Albies. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Playing what? Uh, I'm sorry, second base. Okay. Um, Freddie Freeman, obviously, at first base, the lefty, will bat third. Marcelo Zuna in the cleanup spot, surprise, surprise. Uh, he's going to be playing the left field line. El Oso Neon. El, yes, El Oso Neon. Neon. The neon Bear. Neon. Neon, yeah. El Oso Neon. The Neon Bear, Marcelo Zuna, will be playing about three feet off the line. Uh, and, and anything to its left, he's just going to let. Let it go. Um, batting fifth will be behind the plate, catcher Travis Darno. In the sixth hole, shortstop, Lieutenant Dansby Swanson. Hashtag Vandy Boy. On the hot corner, third baseman Austin Riley batting seventh. In left center field <laughs> will be making his opening day debut for the Atlanta Braves, Christian Pache. Huge, huge. Very mm-hmm. excited to see this. And getting the nod on the bump, the lefty, Max Freed. I'm excited. I'm excited. Let's go score about 10. And here's the thing. You know, the lineup on the other side, the Phillies aren't bad. No. They're really not. Well, You're I mean, talking speak, about- speaking of signing guys to expensive, lengthy contracts, you've got... These guys do it better than anybody. Uh, 
A lot of guys have gotten rich playing for the Phillies. Yeah. Left um, left field leading off, Andrew McCutcheon, who's always been a Braves killer. I really enjoy watching him. He's play. great. He's yeah. fantastic. I really wish he wasn't in a Phillies uniform. Exactly. Um, First baseman batting second, Reese Hop- Hoskins, which is wild. A first baseman batting second in right field, hitting. Well, hey, third. we did that last year. It I worked know. out pretty well. Well, that's because we had a DH though. Yeah. Um, in right field, batting third, Bryce Harper hitting cleanup, catcher JT Realmuto. In the five hole, hot corner Alec Bohm. Shortstop Didi Gregorius hitting sixth. Uh, Jan Segura at second base, hitting seventh. Adam Hazley. In center field, hitting eighth, which is wild. And, of course, the pitcher, Aaron Nola, round out the lineup. And he's a tough guy to go against, but, hey, we got a tough one, too. So, that game is at 2 o'clock. It can be heard on WKRM 103.7. I will be watching it. You will be watching it. We will be watching we it. We will be watching it, yeah. I'll Charlie will be watching it. You will be listening. Listening and working the board. Because we will be somewhere that carries Fox Sports South. There you which, go. Which is not Hulu. It is not Hulu or YouTube TV or yeah. anyone else. Yeah. Oh, man. That's going to be a problem. Not for me. Not for you. Not okay. for most of us. <laughs> get, you got to get in where you fit in. <laughs> Guys, we're really excited about this season. Uh, I, If you had to guess right now, Mo. Who wins the World Series? I I'm too biased to really make a good guess at this. Even as an un, even as a biased person, I still think it's the Atlanta Braves. If I was unbiased, I would still think it's the Atlanta Braves. I think this team has the ability to do it, especially once you get Soroka back. You've got five pitchers who are very. You got six pitchers mm-hmm. who are very very good. As long as that bullpen holds up. No reason the Atlanta Braves should not be in the NLCS, in the World Series. I mean, once you get there, it's the Dodgers or the Padres. I get that. I think they get over the hump this year, as long as you got Soroka. So, you don't have to throw a bullpen game. That's what matters. I'm not mad at it. Let's go. All right. Thanks for hanging out with us today. If you missed any part of the day's show, it is on the podcast or will be on the podcast a little bit later today. SM-TNSports.com is where you can find that and all of the update coverage for local high school sports in and around Southern Middle Tennessee. Thank you guys for hanging out with us today. We really appreciate it. For our friends down in Franklin County, thank you once again as well. Uh, Coach Mike, Maurice Patton, I'm Chris Yow saying have a great day and stay cool, Columbia.